everyone, and welcome into another edition of Coach Time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and today is a very special episode. I'm very excited because it is the MLB preview edition, just in time for opening day. And what I'm going to do on today's episode is go through every team in Major League Baseball. I'm going to tell you one thing, at least, that you need to know about every single team. I'm going to predict each division. I'm going to predict the playoffs and the World Series champion. And who knows, maybe I'll even sneak in the MVP pick as well. And I'm going to start in the AL East. Now, full disclosure, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox hat on right now. And I want the Red Sox to win the World Series every single year. Unfortunately, they're not going to win the World Series this year. We've seen some really high-profile departures from the Red Sox over the last couple of years. And as we look in their division, while they've lost players like Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez had a down year last year and then left, and they did re-sign Rafael Devers, but lost Mookie Betts a couple of years before that. As they've had these players leave, we've seen a lot of the teams around them in the AL East get a lot better. And let's start with the Yankees. So the Yankees, the big story is they re-sign Aaron Judge to that massive nine-year deal. He's going to be in New York for the rest of his career and hopefully for Yankees fans, have more success in the postseason than he's had so far. But I think just as big for the Yankees is their signing of Carlos Rodon. Six years, 162 mil. We're talking about a frontline starter who had a 2.88 ERA last year. And not only was he good last year with the Giants, he was good at the end of his run in Chicago. So he's been good in the AL in Chicago, been good in San Francisco with the Giants. Now he goes to New York where he doesn't have to be the ace. He doesn't have to be the man. He's now the number two behind Garrett Cole. And really the thing about Garrett Cole is if he doesn't have to pitch at Fenway Park, he's pretty solid as your ace. So if you go into a playoff series and of course the entire season with Cole as your ace and Radon as your two, I think that is as good a one-two punch as any team in Major League Baseball. And it's why I think the Yankees are going to win the AL East. I'm also really excited to see Anthony Volpe, the youngest starting shortstop for the Yankees since a guy named Derek Cheater way back 25 years ago. So actually more than 25 years ago now. So Anthony Volpe is interesting to me, but I think as much as people get excited over the Aaron Judge signing, I think the Carlos Rodon signing is just as big. For the Blue Jays, I think they finished second in the AL East. They need more from Vlad Jr., though. He was not an MVP-level player last season, and there's a chance that if they don't get MVP-level play from Vlad Jr. again, and I do think their outfield's better defensively. I do think they're a little bit better as a team overall, but they need to watch out for the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles have been one of the worst team in, teams in baseball for four or five years. Last year, all of a sudden, they win 83 games. They have arguably the most exciting young player in baseball, at least the most hype prospect, and Adley Rushman. He had 254 last year, 13 homers and 42 RBIs in only 113 games. He's 25 years old. So Adley Rushman, to me, not only is he a great prospect, but if the Orioles are going to elevate from an 83-win team to a real serious contender, at least to get into the playoffs and overtake the Blue Jays for second in the AL East, he's going to be the key to it all. And I think if the Blue Jays aren't careful and if they don't get an MVP season out of Vlad Jr., the Orioles very well could overtake them for that number two spot in the AL East. I have the Rays at number four. Look, they have the potential to have the best rotation in baseball, but Tyler Glasnow already has an oblique injury and he's going to be out at least the first month of the season. And the most starts he's ever made in a season is 14. So durability is a major question mark with the Tampa Bay Rays and especially with Tyler Glass now. So as great as he is and as awesome as Randy Rosarena is, especially in big moments, I just think the Yankees are a lot better than them. The Blue Jays are a lot better than them. 
And the Orioles, I think, are trending upwards. They have been for a couple of years. And I think now they're getting to the point where they're not a World Series contender yet, but they're a real deal playoff contender. And for the Boston Red Sox, unfortunately, I think it's a transitional year for them. They have some young pieces that are exciting. I think Tristan Casas can win Rookie of the Year. We saw him be one of the most dominant forces in AAA and in AA before that. I think he has real potential to win Rookie of the Year. And I think Masataka Yoshida, who I talked about on a previous episode, is a real X factor for the Red Sox. And how good he looked in the World Baseball Classic, I think, is a huge win for the Red Sox. We saw that three-run homer in the seventh inning of the semifinal game. We saw him have an impact in the final game. So, how well he played in the World Baseball Classic is a good sign. The problem for the Red Sox is they lose Xander Bogarts, and Trevor Story is going to be out at least the first probably half of the year, at least the first couple months. So what is your answer up the middle in the infield? Marcelo Meyer's not ready yet. So what's your answer up the middle, and what's your answer in your rotation? I mean, Brian Bayo is going to be a good pitcher, but right now he's your fourth or fifth starter. Nick Pavetta will get you innings, but his quality starts are inconsistent. And Chris Sale, I mean, he's just, you can't depend on him to be out there for a full season. So where are they going to get the pitching from, especially in the starting rotation? I do think their bullpen is better than a year ago. And I think what really hurts the Red Sox, and I would put the Rays in this category too, they play in the AL East. I mean, if these two teams played in the AL Central, I'd pick them at least to finish third, maybe second. Who knows? Maybe mess around and win it. But in the AL East, or and also if they're in the AL West, but especially in the AL East, which they are, I just don't think they have the horses. If they're in the AL Central, I think those two teams could have a chance to finish second, maybe compete for a wild card spot. But teams that are in the AL East and the AL West, if you're not one of the elite teams, you're going to be beat down on the bottom. And I think that's where the Rays and the Red Sox are going to end up. And speaking of the AL Central, the Guardians won it last year. They Andres Jimenez with 297, 17 homers, 69 RBIs, at only age 23 last year. And they have Shane Bieber with a 2.88 ERA. I think they stay on top. I think the more noticeable thing is the White Sox, to me, one of the most disappointing teams in the major leagues last year. I think they finished second. However, they need Luis Robert to give them much more than they've gotten before. So Luis Robert is a terrific ball player, but he's never played 100 games in a season. So you never get the full flashes of it. But I do think the White Sox bounce back. I think the Twins finished third. They brought back Correa. Byron Buxton is a stud. I do think they're – I can put them kind of in that Orioles class. Is they're on the upswing. I just don't think they have quite the horses to compete with the Guardians at the top of that division. The Royals and Tigers, they're going to be two of the worst teams in baseball. But for the Royals, I think you should keep your eye on Brady Singer. Now, Brady Singer had six earned runs in his final start of 2022, but he gave up four total in his previous four starts in September. So Brady Singer, he's going to be on a bad Royals team, but if you're looking for something to watch, he gave up four earned runs and four starts total right before that bad last end of season start. So give him credit that he had a really nice run, and I think he can continue that into this year. The Tigers signed Javier Baez last year for six years, $140 million, and he hit two thirty eight. And they, they don't have a lot going on in Detroit, and it feels like they've been rebuilding for a while, and I think it's going to continue. Sorry, Tigers fans. I think they really might be the worst team in baseball next year or this year. The AL West, the Astros, your defending World Series champions. It's amazing with them because they win World Series, guys leave like Justin Verlander, and they're still just as good. And I think a key to this 
Is Christian Javier becoming a full-time starter? Jordan Alvarez is still working his way back from injury. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Astros start slow, but I think eventually they get to a point where they're one of, if not the best teams in baseball, and they're right back in that mix next year, or excuse me, at the end of this year to fight for a World Series championship. The Seattle Mariners, if there's one word that describes them, and there's a couple teams in the major leagues that have this word, but if there's one word that describes the Seattle Mariners, it's electricity. Luis Castillo came over from the Reds last year, and I thought he was a tremendous acquisition. I'm, hey, I wanted the Red Sox to get him. I'll be honest with you. But Luis Castillo comes in. He finished the year with a 2.99 ERA. And then you have Julio Rodriguez, who hit 284, 28 homers, in just over 130 games. So you give this guy a full season. We're talking close to 40 homers, hitting in the 280s. He's one of the most dynamic young players in all of baseball. Unfortunately for them, they ran into the Astros in the playoffs last year, but I think you get them this year with another year experience. You have Castillo again for now a full year. I think they're going to be a team that's in the playoffs and potentially threatening for an ALCS berth. So a really not good, good young team there, but they also have some veteran pieces led by Castillo that'll help put them over the top. And then you have the LA angels. The LA Angels are the most frustrating team in professional sports. You have the best player in baseball in Shohei Otani, arguably one of the best athletes in the world. Guy is a Cy Young candidate every single year. He's an MVP candidate every single year. Look at last year. It took Aaron Judge breaking the AL home run record to win the MVP instead of Otani. I mean, Otani is not only the best baseball player in the world, one of the best athletes in the world. And by the way, his teammate is Mike Trout, who if it wasn't for Otani, would be the best baseball player in the world. So Trout's the second best player in, in baseball. You have the two best baseball players in the world, and they miss the playoffs every year. You know the last time Mike Trout played in the playoffs? 2014. And look, I hope Anthony Rendon can be healthy. I do think they'll be better than they were last year. But I got to be honest, if the Angels, if they can't make the playoffs this year, they might as well trade Otani and Trout and start over. Because if you can't get to the playoffs with the two best guys in baseball and one of the best athletes in the world – then what are you really doing? I mean, it, it kind of baffles me, and I feel bad for Angels fans, quite frankly. The Rangers, they spent really big money on Jacob deGrom. They had a big spending spree last year, and I'll say about them, similar to what I said about the Twins and the Orioles or and the Rays, is if you didn't weren't in a division with the Astros and the Mariners, I might pick you to finish second, maybe even mess around and win it. I just think there's too much above them in this division. Maybe they could finish third. I could see them overtaking the Angels and finishing third. Maybe give the Mariners a run for second, but I just they're not going to win that division, and I don't think they're going to finish second or even third. And the A's, sorry, A's fans. They're perpetually building towards a World Series championship without ever reaching the World Series. They're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball this year. So you hopefully will have some good young town at least to watch, but they're going to be one of the worst young team not just the worst young teams one of the worst teams in baseball this year now that's the al for you again one thing you need to know about every single team right after a quick word from our sponsors i'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the nl and i'm going to pick the playoffs world series and mvp we'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors here on coach time Welcome back into Coach Time. Thank you to our sponsors for that quick word. I want to continue with our Major League Baseball preview because, believe it or not, opening day is here, and I'm going to go to the National League. 
the NL East. The Braves won the World Series in 2021. The Phillies made it in 2022. So this is a loaded division. And I didn't even mention the Mets, who were one of the most dominant teams in all of baseball last year before falling to the Padres in the NLDS. So this is a division that any of these three top teams has a real chance to go to the World Series. I'm going to start with the Braves. And I think, look, they have Spencer Strider, who is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Um, they also have Max Freed, another stud as well. But the key to me for the Braves is Ronald Acuna Jr. because he's now fully healed, right? Last year, he's coming back from that ACL injury. This is a team that two years ago won a World Series without him. You have a team that's similarly talented, and you add a fully healthy and fully healed Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I really think this is a team that has an easy chance to get to the NLCS, possibly the World Series as well. They're a real deal contender. And right there with them are the Mets. They lose Jacob deGrom, so they sign Justin Verlander to make up for it. I mean, you lose one elite pitcher and you sign another. However, the Edwin Diaz injury in the World Baseball Classic, which could keep him out for the entire season, I think that might come up to bite them later on in the year. And they're going to blow a couple late-game leads that they otherwise wouldn't have, which is why I think the Braves are going to win the NL East. And I think the battle for second place between the Mets and the Phillies is going to be really good. I still think the Mets are better, but I think without Diaz, I think it's a little bit closer than, you know, obviously it was last year or that it otherwise would have been this year. And I think, look, the Phillies are going to be without Bryce Harper until the middle of the season. He had Tommy John, but they did sign Trey Turner. So this is a team that all they need to do is get into the playoffs, which we saw last year. They won 88 games and went to the World Series. You take a team that gets Bryce Harper back and has Trey Turner. If they can just get to the playoffs, they have a chance of going back to the World Series once again this year. So, I mean, I think the Braves are the best team in the NL East, and I think the Mets and the Phillies will have a good battle for second place. But any of those three teams wouldn't be shocked if they're in the World Series. Of course, the Marlins, look, they've been, it feels like, perpetually rebuilding ever since 2003 in that last World Series that they won. But now they have Jazz Chisholm, one of the most exciting young players in baseball. He's going to be playing center field. Last year, he only played 60 games, hit 254, 14 homers, 45 RBIs. Again, only in 60 games. He's on the cover of MLB The Show 23, which is really cool in itself. But I think he's going to be one of the most exciting players to watch. And the Nationals, sorry to say it, Nationals fans, they're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. They only have four players signed beyond 2023, Ruiz, Strasburg, Corbin, and Williams. And like Corbin was not very good last year. Strasburg's on the back end. So they don't have a lot of everyday players and even higher end pitchers signed even beyond this year. So they're, they're going to be at the bottom of the NL East. And look, they're in a tough division to begin with one of the toughest divisions in baseball and they're not that good. So it's going to be a tough year for the national. Sorry, Nats fans, but at least a lot of the teams you watch competing against them in the NL East are really good. NL central. We have the Cardinals. Look, the Cardinals overall, their lineup, they have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, which are two of the top 10 best players in baseball. Uh, Goldschmidt has a real argument for being number three behind um, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And the problem with the Cardinals, though, their rotation to me does not stand out. Now, Jack Flaherty, he's already on the IL. He's missed most of the last two years. If he can come back, he's got a ton of talent, and it is a walkier free agency for him. So if he can come back and pitch really well, then I think the Cardinals, I still think they're going to win that division because I think it's a pretty weak division, to be honest. But I think if he can come back, then they have a chance of actually maybe advancing in the playoffs further than just that early round of the best of three. Brewers, to me, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff at the top of the rotation. I mentioned the Yankees earlier having that elite one-two punch of Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon. 
this is similar to that. I mean, these are two guys that are, you know, Cy Young candidate type guys at the top of their rotation. And they have Randy Telez, who had 35 homers last year at first base, which was the third among first basemen. So they have some nice pieces. The problem with the Brewers is they just don't have that third starter. Like to me, that's going to be the key. Can they figure out that third starter to really give them quality innings? And can their lineup score a little bit more? The Cubs, they've made a big splash in the offseason. The Cubs signed Dansby Swanson. He had 277 with 25 homers and 96 RBIs last year, and he won a gold glove. So a lot of the headlines were for Xander Bogarts moving or Aaron Judge staying with the Yankees, but Dansby Swanson was a huge signing for the Cubs. They also had a big signing last year in Seiya Suzuki, who missed most of the season, but in 46, excuse me, in 111 games, so he didn't miss most of the year, but he missed a good chunk. In 111 games, he had 262 with 14 homers and 46 RBIs. So they have some nice pieces there. I just don't know if they're as good as the Cardinals. I wouldn't be shocked if they finish second. I just don't know if they can quite hang with the Cardinals and the potency of that Cardinal lineup. The Pirates, look, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been desperate for a star for a long time, probably since Andrew McCutcheon was a young player there. They finally have one in O'Neill Cruz. Cruz is six foot seven, so he's a giant out there at shortstop. But and he hit a ball, by the way, 122.4 miles per hour last year, which is the fastest in the stat cast era that someone hit a ball. But last year, he played just over 80 games, 82, 87 games. He had 233 with 17 homers and 54 RBI. So think about it. You're playing half the season, and he had 233 with 17 homers and 54 RBI. So O'Neill Cruz could be a real star for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, look, they haven't had a lot to cheer about over the last several years. Having O'Neill Cruz there hitting 262, 17 homers and 54 RBIs in half a season last year, carrying that into this year. I think they're finally going to have something to cheer about in Pittsburgh. And the Reds, look, can Hunter Green, Hunter Green's only 23 years old. And the thing about Hunter Green is he had a 4.44 ERA, which was high, but he only allowed opponents to hit 222 against him. He's he's had some good moments in it. Can they improve the defense around them? Can they get that ERA down for him as a whole, too? And the Reds, they started 3-22 and last year, which was awful. But then they finished 62-100, and which is obviously still bad, but it was a 70-win pace. So maybe they can come out and get to 70-75 to wins this year. So, again, they're going to be a bad team, but will they take a positive step in the right direction? And Ellie De La Cruz, I mean, I hope he spends time in the majors. He's one of the top infield prospects in all of the majors, so I hope he spends time out there. And then, of course, there is the NL West with the loaded San Diego Padres. Last year at the deadline, what did they do? They went out and they got Josh Hader. They loaded up for a postseason run. They went to the NLCS. What did they do this year? They went out and signed arguably the best free agent available in Xander Bogarts outside of Aaron Judge. They signed Xander Bogarts, and oh, by the way, they're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back. That's in addition to getting Juan Soto last year and Josh Hader at the deadline. So you look at the San Diego Padres. They went into last year as a really good baseball team. They finished last year as a great baseball team by adding Josh Hader and Juan Soto to the mix during the season. They lose in the NLCS. How do they respond to that? They get Xander Bogarts, and now they're going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back in late April. So we're looking at a Padres team that whether it's starting pitching, the bullpen, or the lineup, they are loaded, and to me, they are the favorites to win the World Series in 2023 based off the upgrades they've made this offseason. And it could be a short window for them because that Bogart's contract, the second half of it, is going to probably look like an overpay. 
Who knows if they can keep Juan Soto? They already have a lot of money invested in Tatis Jr. And Manny Machado and Juan Soto, don't be surprised if in the next couple of years they have to pick between one of them. Juan Soto is probably going to be the pick, but don't be surprised if they end up having to pick between one of those two guys. The Dodgers, Julio Urias is the most underappreciated ba- player in baseball. Okay, let me repeat that. Julio Urias is the most underappreciated player in baseball. This guy is a real deal ace. He went 17 and seven with a 2.16 ERA last year. He was the best pitcher in a rotation that included Tony Gonsolin and Walker Bueller for at least most of the year. So in a rotation now that's going to have Dustin May returning, it's going to have Gonsolin, it's going to have Clayton Kershaw. Julio Urias is the best pitcher on that staff. And the Dodgers every year are one of the best teams in the MLB. And I think they're going to be that again. I just think the Padres are so loaded. The Padres are going to win that division. But I would not be shocked if we find ourselves with either a Padres-Dodgers or a Padres-Braves World Series. But I could see it being Padres, excuse me, NLCS. I could see it being a Padres-Dodgers NLCS. The Giants, they have Logan Webb, really good at the front of the rotation. I want to see what happens with Mike Conforto. Right fielder, he's returning this year. He missed all of last year. Can he bounce back? come back from his injury and be a really productive player. If he can, I still don't think the giants are good enough to be on the Padres and Dodgers level. And I know a couple of years ago, they won 107 games, but I just don't think they quite have that top end talent that the Padres and Dodgers, and especially the Padres have the diamondbacks. Look, the key for them is Cattell Marte, right? He's 29 years old. And in 2019, he hit 329. Then there was the pandemic year, but in 2021, he came back and he hit 318. Right. So in the two full seasons before 2022, 19 and 21, he hit 329 and 318. Last year, he hit 240. Really, really big drop off. So can he bounce back? And this is a team that by some metrics, including Kylie McDaniel, have the second ranked farm system in the majors. So if he can be good and maybe the farm system can produce for them early on this year, maybe they can challenge for a wild card spot. The Rockies, speaking of bounce back, Chris Bryant, all right, 31 years old. He had he hit 306 and had five homers in 14 games and in 14 RBIs, excuse me, in only 42 games last year. That's after signing a seven-year $182 million deal and how well he had played for the Cubs and then the Giants. So the Rockies, to me, they're in a weird spot. They have some good young prospects, but they still haven't fully recovered from that Nolan Arenado trade. So the NL West, look, I think the Padres right now are World Series favorites. I think the Dodgers wouldn't obviously they're so good, and I know they're gonna be without Bueller, but if May comes back and is good they could be a team that can go to the World Series and win it as well. So the NL East and the NL West are the top dogs in the NL. The St. Louis Cardinals could maybe threaten some of those teams, but I just don't know if they quite have the pitching horses. And I told you I'd predict the MVP and the World Series. The World Series for me, we're going back to the late 90s here. I think it's a Padres-Yankees rematch, except this time I think the Padres win. I think it's an entertaining World Series, but I think the Padres beat the Yankees. And look, I talked about it earlier. Shohei Otani's going to win the MVP again. He's going to win his second MVP in three years. And hopefully the Angels either figure out a way to contend with him or they trade him to a team that's going to contend so we can see him play meaningful October baseball. There you have it. That's my Major League Baseball preview. I love doing this. I love baseball. And I also just love you know, being able to go through and predict what happens. And we'll check back, right? we got about six months. We'll six, seven months. We'll check back, see if I was right. But uh, it was a pleasure doing this show. Thank you very much for listening here on Coach Time on the Believe Network. And I will be back soon, probably next week, with my next episode. So thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. 